You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off of your next order. I'm your host, your pal, in the kitty copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today, of course, is Mock Draft Monday, the last one before the actual real thing. So we got to make sure we do this one right. If you have not been with us for the whole offseason, you can find a whole bunch of mock drafts. Just go to any podcast that came up on a Monday, even going back to January and February, I was doing like just three round mocks. Um, but for all of these mock drafts, I have been uh, kind of self-imposing the rule where if I took a player in one mock draft, I couldn't take him in another mock draft. I didn't want to take the same player over and over again, right? This time, because it's the last one, I'm wiping the whole slate clean. So everybody is back on the table. Trades are on the table. Seven round mock. We are doing the entire thing here. And now that I have a lot more knowledge of the draft pool, especially a lot more than I had in like January and February, but even more than I had last week, right? Um, I feel like this is the... the can be the most informed, most, you know, real and complete whole mock draft. So let's dive right into it. At pick 14, nothing interesting happened before 14. That would make me want to trade up. There was no weird like Kyle Pitts falling or anything like that. I think the only quarterback on the board was Mac Jones, who I'm not that interested in. Um, So nothing weird here. And at 14, actually, there were three players on the board that I would select at 14. Those players are Quiddy Pay out of Michigan, Jalen Phillips out of Miami, and Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. There are a couple other players that could be talked into as well. So the board is pretty stacked with players that I like that I would take at 14. So what do you do when you've got too many options? Well, you don't pick one. You trade down and you let the draft pick for you. So that's exactly what I did. I went over to Washington and they actually wanted to trade up for Mac Jones to go get a quarterback, which is exactly what they did. And uh, I ended up getting pick 74 out of the deal. So I go from 14 to 19 and I get a third rounder. For all of these trades, by the way, I am using the Rich Hill trade chart. I'm using the Draft Network's draft simulator. And that simulator can give you some trades that are a little bit unrealistic sometimes. So I basically vet them on the Rich Hill chart. They have to make sense on the Rich Hill chart for me to actually allow myself to do them. This one did. So we did that. So we got an extra third round. We now have three third rounders that should make it really easy to go up and get uh, get somebody in the second round. You can actually package two of those third rounders. You can get up into the like 45 to 55 range, which is really, really nice. Um, so all three of my players, uh, Vera Tucker, Pay, and Phillips, all also made it to 19. So I can actually push this a little further, and that's exactly what I did. I went to Pittsburgh, and they also traded up, uh, and I got pick 87, and I had to give pick 199 back to, to finish it out. This one was a little harder. So now I have pick 87. Now I have four third rounders, so it should be mega easy to get up. I have eight picks between uh, number 75 and number 150, so I am stacked in the mid-rounds, which is great. And then at pick number 23, Jalen Phillips goes right one before where I traded down, so now I get to choose between Quiddy Pay and Elijah Vera Tucker. I am at peace with making that choice. At that range, uh, at that 45 to 50 range that I know I'm going to be able to trade up into, I like my chances of an edge rusher better than I like my chances of an offensive lineman. The linemen that are there, I don't hate them. There's Wyatt Davis will be around there. Liam Eichenberg will be around there. I don't hate those guys, but I like the edges a lot 
in that range with Bashams and the uh, the Peyton Turners and the Joe Tryons. I love those guys. So I'm going to try to get one of those edges, and I'm going to take the offensive lineman now. So that means Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman out of USC. He has great feet, great technique. He's a good athlete. The only thing that I feel like is weird about it, there are two negatives, I guess. One isn't really, I, he's got short arms, but he's really good at overcoming those short arms. And I'm going to talk more later in the week. I might even do an article about how to overcome short arms at, at tackle, you know, how to beat length when you don't have it uh, as as a, a pass blocker. And he has those techniques down a lot. I'm actually going to feature Vera Tucker in the article as the example. So a lot of people say, well, Vera Tucker has to be a guard. And how high are you going to draft a guard in the first round? You're going to get a guard in the first round. First, I think, look, get somebody that improves your offensive line. The Vikings offensive line on the interior needs a lot of help. You need somebody who can bail out Garrett Bradbury, who Garrett Bradbury can kind of communicate with. That was not Dakota Dozier. You need somebody who can kind of handle bigger rushers. Um, you, the, the Vikings need a guard. Like that's That can't be a controversial thing. So I'm taking him, and if he moves to guard, that's great, but he absolutely can play tackle. If you are worried about taking Elijah Vera Tucker because you're worried about the value of guard, you can just put him at tackle. And honestly, I mean, the only other real negative I have with Vera Tucker is that he's laid out of his stance a lot. I think he just needs to like get the timings down a little bit better and that can come with experience um, but it does kind of get him in some sticky situations but we do get to see him recover which is also pretty good but honestly I feel like the only reason he gets guard talk is because his like arms are short and he like doesn't have the the, the reach you usually want in a tackle but he, he occupies space very well I love his feet I love the way he accelerates backwards when he's doing like a kick slide when he's, he's setting up his house if you will um, I love the way he gets into position and mirrors so I think he could be a tackle absolutely and if you just want to draft him and make him a tackle forever i think that's a wonderful use of a first round pick and i think if you want to draft him you want to kick him inside to guard or you want to move him to tackle next year or something or you want to move that tackle now and move him inside to guard next year and you move cleveland and you want to move stuff around I, he can play both he played both at usc it's not even a position switch thing because he did a switch last year so it's like he either goes back to his natural one or he continues on this train the option is absolutely just available to you and that is a plus and not a minus and I feel like some people see it as a minus because just the chance that he might be a guard makes him like somebody you can never take in the first round or something like that and I think those I think people are just thinking way too much about the two letters next to a guy's name and not actually what they do on the football field and what Elijah Vera Tucker does is wonderful for the zones he I even talked about his run blocking um um, but he can absolutely kind of get in there, get mean. He can move a guy, he can reach, he can scoop, he can do everything the Vikings would ever ask him to do, and he can pass block. I don't, I don't know, what more do you want? You might want another pass rusher, and we are going to get one of those in just a second. So stay tuned, but first, Vikings fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231231. It's unique Man boosting formula is powered by testifen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase en energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenix Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients that help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. I also want to talk to you about gambling. Uh, so there was an Ian Rappaport uh, tweet, a rap sheet tweet that said uh, that the 49ers are currently in the midst of deciding between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. So if you bet any money on Justin Fields, it might seem a little odd, or maybe you don't believe it, but that report is going to make Justin Fields' line skyrocket. You might get really good odds if you want to get in on it. 
Either way, you can get in on that kind of stuff and all sorts of other draft props. Who's going to get picked where? Who's going to be the first whatever off the board? First O-line, first defender, whatever off the board. All sorts of stuff at betonline.ag, including win totals for the 2021 season. Right now, the Vikings line is set at 8.5. So if you think they'll do better or worse than that, maybe you stand to gain a buck. That's at betonline.ag. If you don't have an account, no worries. It's free to set one up. And when you make your first deposit, you can enter promo code locked on and get a little bit of free grambling money as well. It will match your first deposit 50%. That means for every hundred bucks you put in, if you enter promo code locked on, you get 50 bucks on top of it, free play credit. So head on over to betonline.ag and try that kind of thing out at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The Locked On NFL Podcast Network has all sorts of interesting stuff for you for draft season. There's the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. There's the Draft Dudes Podcast, giving you daily draft coverage year-round if you're into that. There's the Locked On NFL Podcast. We're all going to be talking about draft stuff on there. You can find me on Tuesdays if you want. And of course, there's always other Locked On shows like this one. You could go listen to Locked On Giants or Locked On Chargers to see who maybe they're thinking about picking and give yourself a better sense of who might be available when the Vikings pick. You can find all of that stuff on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. We're on there, or you can find it wherever you find your favorite shows. But let's move on to the second day of our mock draft. Day two, of course, we're looking at edge rushers, right? That's the biggest need by far right now on the Vikings. And the board's super, super stacked. Joe Tryon, Aziz Azulari, uh, Peyton Turner, Carlos Basham, Jason Owe, all on the board right now. So let's see how it falls. And the way that it fell, at 38, Joe Tryon was the first one of those to go. He goes at 38. Uh, Ojolari and Owe go in the low 40s, and so we're left with Carlos Basham and Peyton Turner. I would take both of these guys in the second round. So basically, I'm going to wait for one of them to go and uh, trade up to get the next one. Carlos Basham goes at pick 47. I was a little slow on the trigger, so uh, Wyatt Davis went at pick 48. And then I packaged those two third-round picks. Uh, It took, I think, pick 74 and pick 90. And move up to pick number 49 to get Peyton Turner, the edge rusher, out of Houston. Now, I talked about him on Friday. I think of that board, he actually is my favorite guy. So I love that the board fell the way that it did to let me have him and not, you know, stick me with like Jason Owe or Ajilari, who I'm less less high on. And the reason for that is because Peyton Turner comes out of the box with a really, really solid, diverse set of pass rushing moves. He can do a lot of different things and he can wean in a lot of different ways. He has length he can win with. He has a little bit of power that shows up a little bit more on the run. I'd like to see it more in the pass. And part of that is because he pass rushes a little bit tall. If we want to talk about like things he needs to work on, he pass rushes a a little bit tall but he's very long he's got decent power and he's got a good move set and he's got a lot of pro ready stuff and a very diverse attack um that is is difficult to kind of defend over the course of an entire game eventually he's going to kind of figure out the thing you're not good at so i think as an edge rusher being a guy that can come in he can day one he can play so this is not a guy that needs six weeks to like get it going or anything i mean yeah any rookie could but you know this is not a guy that like needs a bunch of time to to set he doesn't need a red shirt year or anything like that. he can come in play day one be the guy who'll compete with steven weatherly probably blow him out and not limit your fronts at all not limit your pass rush packages at all there is nothing that you can't assign him and then at least know that he'll you know do it competently and at some things of course he'll excel more than others but you have a lot of freedom with this guy and so I love that I've taken that at 49 and I'm I'm laughing to the bank I absolutely love this value so after pick 49 I let pick 78 which is the, the natural third rounder that somehow has survived all of this trading um, I let it come 
and the board is just bleh, which is why I never really traded up. I, I could have traded up. I've got so many third and fourth rounders. I've got all this capital, so I could have totally traded up, gone into the second round again or something, but I, I just wasn't that excited about it. Everybody who I was excited about went in like the 30s and 40s, and I'm just not that hyped about anybody uh, you know, in terms of like a trade up in the third round kind of thing. So I let 78 come and I was still just kind of not that excited about anybody. So I traded down to pick number 96 and I picked up an another fourth. So being able to split that pick off into two is very good. It works out on the Rich Hill chart. So we're great. And then the next time we're up is at pick 87. This is the one I got from the Steelers for trading down in the first. And with that pick, I'm taking Robert Rochelle, the cornerback out of central Arkansas. This dude is absolutely a project. He's got a great build. He's got really good ball hawking instincts. He's very good at, you know, the kind of back off, jump the route. He can mirror and jump the route. He can stay very tight, good press man technique. So he doesn't come like completely all assembly required, just some assembly required, but there's still a lot of assembly required. He needs a little bit of bulk. He could use, um, he could use a, a little bit of meat on his frame. Um, and some of his basics mechanics, some of his fundamentals are a little off his back pedal sink, his hip turn. Those are things that are going to take time to hone and really get good. And once those things get good, a lot more of that ability can be unlocked. Um, and he's kind of a chaotic dude. He's a little bit out of control. He's very good at the mirroring and the kind of um, instinctive part of football, the part you can't teach. And the stuff you can teach, he's going to take a little time to learn, but he has that time here in Minnesota. We are in a place to, to nurture that. He can just kind of sit behind Patrick Peterson for a year. Peterson's contract expires. He goes somewhere else, maybe even signs a big deal, gets you a compensatory pick, and then Rochelle would be hopefully able to kind of step up and take over, or at least step up and compete for the job with somebody else you draft in like the fourth round next year or something like that. So I, I really like this at 87. He's somebody I would probably have taken at like 90 in a normal spot where I didn't trade that one away. So this is pretty close. Um, so I, I like that value. So now we're up at 96, which is where we traded down to. I don't feel like I missed out on anybody because I was actually targeting Spencer Brown. I was actually looking at him at 78, but I didn't want to go like tackle edge tackle. Um, but now that I got like tackle edge corner and now I can still go get him, like I'm kind of slamming it. I really don't feel like he should be available down here at 96. Um, he is a little bit of a project tackle though. So like I wouldn't be that surprised because sometimes those guys can fall. People don't want to do the work. Um, and he definitely I don't think we'll be ready to play, uh, you know, day one or even year one, really. So this is definitely not going to be in any kind of conflict or redundancy with drafting Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round. Um, he's got this gigantic frame, but his technique is very basic and it, it breaks down a lot. He's got some of the fundamentals down, but when it comes to countering pass rush moves, when it comes to recovering on his angle, when things get broken or, or adapting to changing pockets, his technique can break down and then he can get out over his feet and he can get into a lot of really bad situations. And he just he just needs some experience and he needs some consistency. So he needs a lot of time. Now, we've put that in a situation where we probably can redshirt him. You know, you roster him, you keep him one of the you know the healthy scratches every game and you see what you've got next year. Um, and what you could have next year is like a, just a starter. So I think that that's a good bet to take. And I'm taking a lot of kind of project guys here in the third round. And I don't have any problem with that at all. His frame rocks. And if he gets the time that he needs to get, he's got the, that kind of athletic ability where uh, you know, he can work out and this could end up being a lot of value if these guys work out and, and, you know, you take enough projects, you only need one to work out for it to be the, you know, the headline of the draft. For that reason, Spencer Brown, offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa is your prospect of the day. Now we got a huge day three haul to talk about a whole bunch of fourth rounders and fifth rounders and sixth rounders and stuff. So we'll get into that. But first I want to talk to you about Built Bar, the 
best tasting protein bar on the planet. Tastes like a candy bar. Does not taste like a protein bar like you are familiar with. Uh, It feels like it should absolutely be like a cheat day kind of thing. And it's not. It's low sugar. It's low calorie. It's high high protein, high fiber. Tastes delicious. Covered in chocolate. Comes in all these ridiculous flavors like, you know, German chocolate cake and and raspberry cheesecake or, you know, even just like uh, banana bread or like chocolate mint or chocolate peanut butter, you know, chocolate raspberry, other kind of more classic ones if you're into that. So head on over to BuiltBar.com if you want to try it for yourself, you can enter promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all one word, and you can get 15% off of your order. That's LOCKED15, promo code at BuiltBar.com. Make sure you guys do not miss the Odyssey Ultimate Mock Draft. It should be out, I think, by the time you are listening to this. All of it should be out, so you can binge the whole dang thing. You can just skip to my pick if you want. I picked, uh, I, I was up on, on the Wednesday show was when the Vikings were up at 14, so you can go see what happened there. It's the coolest mock draft you guys are ever going to experience and listen to over this draft season. It's got all of us locked on hosts drafting for our uh, respective teams. Trades were on, so some of that happened. Guys like Michael Irvin and Brian Baldinger breaking down the picks, not to mention all the analysis from Locked On College hosts. So, you know, Locked On LSU coming to talk about Jamar Chase and stuff. And uh, also, of course, the hosting of the wonderful Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson podcast. So head on over to the Odyssey Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. It's Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. You can search it on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Um, It is a separate podcast feed. It's not going to be on the Locked On NFL one or anything like that. We're all doing our own thing over there. So make sure you guys do not miss out on that. It should all be out now. Make sure you get into it before draft night so you have some sense of what is going to happen. As for us, we are uh, far removed from day one. We are now in day three, so we've got all these guys coming in. So the first one came up at pick 119. It is Cameron McGrone, linebacker out of Michigan. And not just because he's like an off-ball Michigan linebacker, but it kind of reminds me of the Gideon pick in a good way. And I liked Gideon. I was always a defender of Gideon. I think he did a lot of dirty work and a lot of kind of less glamorous stuff that people didn't really understand and he didn't have like high tackle totals and like his second year he got like duped on a couple of coverages and like blew a couple of coverages and people kind of thought he was bad forever and it's a shame about his medicals because I really thought he occupied a really important spot of just a guy that can always be in the right place just like a dude that is in the right spot he was never particularly athletic he didn't have that exciting of a profile he tested well but he didn't play athletic um, and I think Cameron McGrone I'm not sure how he tested but he is just a dude that's in the right place all the time he's not an exciting athlete but he's always in the right place he, he needs to work on his stack and shed he needs to work on kind of sifting through but he can kind of downhill explode knife through a gap and make the play or just be in the gap that he's supposed to be in and that's half the battle that's so important to just be in the right spot it's not something you can take for granted especially with a fourth round guy so this is somebody that's you know gonna go compete with Nick Vigil and see if he can't win that third linebacker spot kind of come in as the Mike linebacker in in base setups um, and, and hopefully get that I think just sound run fits are really, really important with that sort of role, that 30% of the snaps kind of role. And, uh, you know, he needs a little more control. He needs to work on a stack and shed, maybe even gain a little weight, but he'll always be where he's supposed to be. And I'm excited about that. At pick 125, the Vikings are back up six picks later. We got Marvin Wilson, uh, the defensive tackle out of FSU, out of Florida State. This guy, this is kind of a BPA pick. There's not really a lot of need for like another run defending defensive tackle. You can think of him as kind of replacing Shamar Stefan or replacing like Jaleel Johnson in a way, like kind of a guy that's going to line up at 2i. He'll be a rotational kind of guy, you know, give him a drive a game. 
Um, that's the kind of guy I'm hoping that he can be. Um, and of course, you know, you've got Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce, so there's no urgency at all with this guy. And this is very much a best player available. He is my favorite player on the board by far. Um, he is kind of all power. So in the pass rush, if he does end up on the pass rush, you do just kind of have to ask him to push the pocket and that's it. Um, but he can hold his spot in the run game. He's a sound tackler. He's a run dude. He can get kind of lateral and, and, and make those plays. So give him a drive a game, spell the old big fat guys, and that should work out. At pick number 134, we're going for James Wiggins, safety out of Cincinnati. Um, he's got very good instincts. He's a big hitter. He, he's, you know, got good uh, coverage instincts. He can kind of time the ball right. He's got a little bit of kick return upside. Um, he actually probably should be a much higher selection than this. However, there are massive medicals, and that's why he's going to be available down here. He's got two knee injuries and a non-contact calf injury that basically held him out for the last two seasons, like in their entirety. So you have a big thing. The next guy I'm going to draft as well has like this big, are you actually as good as you were two years ago, or have you been out of football for two years? What do we got? Now, he has a year. It's not unlike uh, Robert Rochelle, he has a year to sit behind Xavier Woods, and if you want to re-sign Xavier Woods, fine, this is just a fourth-round pick, don't let it, you know, influence your strategy, um, but if he does kind of come along, and his health turns out right, and he can stay healthy, and he can stay available through the season, it might make that decision a little bit easier by giving you an alternative option. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Extend Xavier Woods and be happy with your life, but if it does, like, this is the kind of thing where the, the, the reward is very high, and there's a hugely high floor on this pick because if it does turn out that his legs are just kaput and he can't play at all eh, it's not a huge deal it's a fourth round pick pick 134 you took a flyer and it, and it missed but the vikings aren't in this terrible situation you are in no way set in any weight on this particular beam in a similar vein, five picks later, we're back up at 139. This is the fourth rounder I got for trading down to pick 96 with New England back in the third round. And I'm taking Walker Little, the offensive tackle out of Stanford. High school teammate of Marvin Wilson, by the way, so we kind of got that cute connection. And in 2018, he kind of similar, he had like first round buzz as an offensive tackle. And then he got hurt in 2019, and then he opted out in 2020. So you have another kind of total unknown thing about him. And again, in the fourth round, I think that's exactly where that kind of thing is appropriate. Give me this high ceiling dude that has a ton of bust potential, and we don't really know what's going to happen. Um, but he was a solid tackle at Stanford uh, a couple of years ago. And now we've added three offensive line. We've added Vera Tucker. We've added Spencer Brown. We've added Walker Little. I think two of those guys are kind of tackles. Um, or I think they're all tackles, honestly, and maybe some of them move inside to guard. You've got all kinds of things you can figure out. And, uh, you know, you've got all sorts of options now with what to do with Cleveland and what to do with, you know, this guy and that guy, what to do with O'Neal. There are a lot of permutations where the math adds up, and now you can kind of freely pick your favorite one. Next, we are up at pick 143. This is Cameron Sample, the edge rusher out of two lane. He is a quick speed to power kind of guy. He's got a good agility. He's got good get off and explosion, and he can transfer that to power. He doesn't have a lot of bend around the edge. He doesn't have that kind of speed, I guess. Um, but he's a motor guy and, and the coaches are going to love him for that. But he's still kind of thinking a lot on the field. So he needs a lot of reps. He needs some experience. Um, and, and he didn't get a lot of production and it was at like Tulane. So like that's a little bit concerning. It's like, what, you know, why wasn't he actually getting to the quarterback and getting a lot of TFLs and stuff? Um, but I think just as a motor guy, coaches are going to love what they can maybe get out of him. And he does offer you some quickness and some explosion. And so he's got some tools to work with and you've got to develop the other tools 
um, at pick 143. I'll totally take that. Uh, so we have not taken any pass rushers yet in this draft, and I think that's a huge problem. That's probably the biggest critique I have of this draft. I'm sure a lot of you agree. Um, so let's just be- double up on them here in the in the last couple picks. At 157, I'm taking Daz Newsome, wide receiver out of North Carolina. Um, he might be a slot-only guy. I'm totally fine with that down here in the fifth. Uh, his routes are pretty good. He can kind of be somebody that, you know, runs a five-yard stick and just is a guy that rotates in and, and can be solid and not the worst guy on the on the football field. He also adds to the kick returner competition. He has good kick returner experience. And at pick 168, this is the last one we're picking, because uh, if you remember, we gave up 199 as part of the first round trades. Uh, I'm taking Shy Smith, wide receiver out of South Carolina. So we got a North Carolina, a South Carolina wide receiver. He's also kind of a steady Eddie type, um, good hands. You know, he, his routes are fine. He can be reliable and he might only ever be just okay. Like his athletic profile, I think is why he's down here. Um, but he does have some afterburn, like he ran a four, four, three forty. Like it's not all bad. And he also has kick returner experience. So we have James Wiggins, Daz Newsom and Shy Smith all competing for the kick returner job. Somebody's going to make the team based off of that. And we're going to be happy about that. We end up picking 11 guys in this and the lowest pick is number 168. So 11 guys in the top. 200s. These are valuable players and and valuable picks. And I think honestly, I probably would have traded down and like split these off into 13 guys. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Rick Spielman do something like that, where you kind of split these fourth rounders when you have four fourth rounders, uh, split one of them into two fifth rounders and split one of those fifth rounders into two sixth rounders and kind of spread the love a little bit in that third round where you just can't evaluate a lot of these guys where either they just didn't play because of COVID or, you know, some of them been hurt or they didn't do the pro day, right? Or, you know, there's no combine and you just have such incomplete information. You know, I I took a lot of flyers, Robert Rochelle, Spencer Brown, James Wiggins, Walker Little, all guys that could be out of the league in two years. Absolutely. If one of them works out and is a starter, I think this strategy absolutely pays off. Yeah, they could all bust and that would be unlucky, but there's also the chance that two of them work out and you get two starters and you're getting starters in the fourth round, right? Like that's the 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 kind of dream scenario. And I think swinging for the fences a little bit when you have all of this mid-round capital is not only justified, but I think it's a really good strategy. So that's it. That's the last mock draft we are going to do for draft season. Um, tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday, so get your final draft questions in and I will answer them on the show at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter, at Locked on Viking, on Twitter at Locked On Vikings Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to send an email, there's also a Google form in the show notes if you would rather do that. Um, you can also find on Wednesday, I'll probably talk about the, uh, the offensive lineman. And then, of course, on Thursday, we'll do a little bit more cramming stuff. So I will see you all then for all of that stuff. And as always, skull.